And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault, and it is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian Chenault. And we have got a movie for you today, not just a show, but a movie, because there is a story around this guest that is going to blow your mind. You know how you have friends and you have and you have friends for a long time and you, you know, you know them, but you never really know how smart they are or how deep they are or how this they are and how that they are. And this is one of those guys, you know, he told me he knew Marshall Thurber. He knew he, who's the guy that invented the geodesic dome that you knew. I didn't know him. I just talked to him about it. What was his name? <laughs> geodesic. Oh, Buckmaster Fuller. Yeah, Buckmaster Fuller. He's Kiyosaki's best friend. He's Kim Kiyosaki's best friend. All this jazz friend. that he's got going on. And he, to me, he's just old JW. So, you know, then he writes this book and he's been talking about this book for a while. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But all of a sudden he gets it done and he says, order it on uh, Amazon, Tom. I go, fine. So they want like $5,000. And I go, how come it costs so much money? And it's because it's this thick. This is his book on Amazon. This is not the yellow pages, folks. This is the book. And what's so hysterical is it's a good book. So I get this book and I go, holy mackerel, that is going to be a good stand for my video camera. Because it's going to make me taller. So I've got, so, I, so here comes Dan Gibbons. For the, he's the owner of Convergence, and you guys know what that is. It's like the forum, and he's he's you know that whole crowd's like a bunch of brain surgeons too. So all of a sudden, Dan Gibbons steals this book from me, and the next thing I know, he's read it cover to cover and says it's the most amazing book he's ever read. So what I'm trying to tell you is, your friends are probably a lot smarter than you think they are. <laughs> so that's how we're starting this show. What do you think of that? Good. Was that best or not? That was great, that's baby. Just about that was great. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Oh, my that goodness. Was good job, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. That was a lot of work. Wow. So we got a bunch of friends jumping on here. It's great to have you if you're watching with us live on the Facebook or YouTube stream. Hello, Julie. Doug Stare is commenting, and he's actually right over there live in the studio. Yeah, which we have is a studio exciting. Audience. We got a studio audience <laughs> of one. Of one. And that's a that, one. We, we just broke, we we just broke, broke the record. record. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. But I want to start with the story of how the two of you met because I think that's a really, it, it's an interesting thing. And, and we joke about how with friends, you just never know what their story really is. And yet you saw, you met this person through family. Just share that story because there's a lot of goodness there. I, I inherited JW. <laughs> he was the best friend. His son was the best friend of my stepson, Dominic. And so I was kind of like the outsider, but I loved JW. He was so smart and so amazing. And even though I was still the outsider, because the dads go to these things called the Cub Scout things and all that jazz, and I wasn't invited and it kind of bothered me, but I always got to see JW and I always was mesmerized by his intellect. And more importantly to me, because you guys know me because I'm not very intellectual. At all, I was really impressed by people he knew. And he had these TV shows in Hawaii, he owned TV stations. He just was this world famous, world connected guy that I wanted to pick the pocket of. So I just fell in love with him from that standpoint. And we became good friends and we've got common denominators these days at so many different levels. You would not believe it through thick and thin. And we've grown up together over the last 25 years. Probably. Yeah. Shoot. Long time. Yeah. Shoot. Shoot. I know. Shoot. Shoot. I know it. Shoot. So, yeah, that's cool. That's it, Adrian. Uh, I didn't realize I was so, coming on the, the comedy channel. Yeah. So, here's the deal. JW, he says you're so smart, but you hang around him. So, what gives and how did you come to have such a poor judge of character? It took me a long time. Uh, well, because another reason Tom and I were connected is I drank for about 40. I used to drink a fifth a day for about 40 years. So we've got other things in common. Uh, but now we're both sober. So um, he's more sober than me, though. Uh, um, but what, what really what happened was, um, this is years and years ago. Literally, this is almost, almost 35 years ago. I read Peter, Peter Drucker, who was... A lot of people think he's one of the top 10 brains of the 20th century. He said we're in a knowledge society. 
And I, at the time, I owned a couple of television stations and a publishing business, and we were in Hawaii, and I, I, I read that. And I said, if we're in a knowledge society, you know, I'm a business guy, I'm not a scientist. I said, what is the number one asset you can have if we're in a knowledge society? Well, the asset is your ability to learn. And if I can figure out how to accelerate the speed of learning and your ability to learn in a knowledge society, damn, we're going to kick ass. Mm -hmm. And so it was very business oriented. It was money oriented. It wasn't mission oriented, really. Um, and then I started, I, I bought every book there was on how to, how to accelerate the speed of learning. This is 1986, I think, or 85. I went up into the outside of Honolulu. There was an old hotel called the Mackay. And I went up there and uh, I bought every book there was and I read them. Do you know how many there were? 47. Five. Oh, rats. Learning on, learning on both sides of your brain, super learning, uh, mind mapping. You know, I read them all. I came back to my office after two weeks and I said, guys, we're no longer in the TV business. We're no longer in the um, in the publishing business. We are in the learning business. Yep. And there really was money. I was said, we're going to get people to learn how to buy our products and services. And I had a real gift. We represented almost, almost 65 international publications, Washington Post, Paris Match. We were at the office in the Pacific for these guys. We did editorial and advertising. And what I decided to do was, boy, we'll use science to make a lot of money. And as I got into the research, what started to happen to me really was my heart started to open up. I literally started to see how the systems that we were using to get people what they wanted to have in their life, whether it was in the seminar business or the education business or a lot of other things, we weren't necessarily doing it in a way that activated their neural structures so that they could easily transform. I mean, think of the people walking here. I'm sure you guys are very aggressive at, or you wouldn't be watching this about increasing your own personal well-being sure. or listening to this. And so what I found was the people that were very interested in, in growing themselves had used systems that had not given them what they wanted. Think about this. Do you know what percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck right now? 80. Between 70 and 80. And that's after they have gone to school. They've gone even college graduates. Those are people that have finished school. Yeah. If you haven't finished school, you're under a bridge a lot of times. Yeah. So, and do you know what percentage of those people are not very happy? A hundred. About 70%. Oh, okay. Of all of us, really. Yeah. So why are we unhappy and not making the money and living the lives we want to? Well, we learned how to live like that. So we have an educational system that we think is great because we have you memorize some capitals around the world. But then you go out to get a job and be joyful and have fun and, and, and connect with others and have love in your heart and joy, joy in your life. And what happens? We can't find it because the systems that we spent 18 years in didn't give us the strategies the, the, or, the, or the procedures in which we can get that which fulfills us. And so... It's really interesting to me that you said, and because it, it mainly because it means there's still hope for me. You didn't come to this from this place of saving the world. It was really the work and diving into the science and diving into really understanding this idea that it began to get into you and carried you to the place that you are today. And, 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 and really, I was into money at the beginning. And what happened was, I, as I started to get into it, I saw the pain that was being created in the world by us not understanding how to build systems that give us what we want. Yeah. And, and it made me crazy, you know, and I said, I got to figure, I got to figure this out. Well, I figured out, you know, how long I thought it'd take me to figure it out. Hmm. Three months. <laughs> I got on a plane. I went to MIT. I went to Harvard. I went to the Salk Institute. I went to all these other places. And basically what happened was I came back and it was clear to me that nobody had really dove into this or dived into it where we could get what we wanted. And so um, I figured, well, heck, I'll do it. Yeah. And the next thing I knew after 35 years, I've gotten to be more of a scientist than a businessman. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And, and that idea that something, a, a mission can get a hold of you and, and make this fundamental change in who you are 
is something that happened for you. And then it happened. I believe that the work that you're doing and what you're carrying into the world is going to enable other people to have that same experience. Do you think that's true? Yeah, because think about all of you guys watching this at the moment. How many of you have the life that you've always dreamed of? For, 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 for many of us, not, not many. And why? Because I got to go back to it. The systems that we went through for 18 to 20 some years did not give us the neural structures that allow us to go out into the world and get what we want. And really the reason, hand me the book over here. The reason, the reason, that, <laughs> the reason, now just, I'll go to that in a minute. But the reason, the, what we decided was there needed to be a compendium in the world that literally shows us how we learn. Because if we don't have that, basically, how are we going to learn how to fix what's broken? So really what this is, this book was written for was to help us transform the way the world goes about learning. And we've had phenomenal success. I mean, literally people all over the world. I just came back from a meeting with Robert Kiyosaki and his and a whole group of people there and radio people and people that want to help people with Down syndrome, um, with addiction really, and they're, they're thinking that where they can use this kind of strategy, which is re- very easy to read, really, believe it or not. It's big, but the way it's written is you only have to read 10 pages of every chapter to get the whole thing. If you want to go deeper, you can. If you want to share something or work with your organization to get people to do more. But it, but we decided we, instead of doing three or four books, we do it all in one book. And then what we do is we write it, read it, uh, 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 sorry, write it so that you only had to read the first couple of pages of every chapter. And then if you wanted to go deeper, you could, if not, you could skip to the next part. Cool. That is so huge. And it's perfect because it is, it's sort of this, it's a desktop reference guide, right? You can, Mm -hmm. you can keep your laptop sitting on top of this thing. And then you go, Holy shit, I need to learn something about the brain. And you can just take the laptop off. Well, if you're in, yeah, no, if you're in marketing or branding or relationships, you need this book on your desk. And here's what I'll tell you. You need during the break, what you need to go do right now is you need to go to the learningcode.com. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. It's the learningcode.com. You can get this book and you can also learn about some amazing stuff that they are doing in the world of online learning, especially any of you who are watching or listening that are in the homeschool space, you need to go and check that out. So we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Legacy Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network with Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault, and J.W. Wilson. And we'll be back right after this. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think this camera makes me look fat? No, no, I think look how big I look next to these two little squirrels. It's I'm a leprechaun. That's why I, I grew up my beard. You can't both especially with that beard. I told you leprechaun. Lucky charms. It's horrible. I'm just telling you, I'm looking here and I'm trying. To, I, I was not holding this book because I wanted you to read it. I was trying to hide myself. It was unbelievable. <laughs> And we are back. It is the Legacy Leadership Show with Tom Chenault, J.W. Wilson, and Adrian Chenault. And we are having a blast. We're old friends, known this guy almost as long as I've known Adrian. And it is a wonderful moment to see him have this book out and the world just knocking on his door. And what's beautiful, they're not knocking on the door just for his book. It's the knowledge of him over and above the book even. And this guy's going to change the world. And you people are on a front row seat. He is really, really involved with us in contact mapping, in something called Convergence, which is a personal development course, in every area of our life to the point that he's so deep and Adrian's so deep that literally I have to turn my phone off because they just text me all day long with four mile long texts that I don't want to read about what I should be thinking about, which I don't have any capability to do. These two guys are unbelievable. So listen to them. Back to you. <laughs> I think Tom ought to be in sales. <laughs> I'm the shortcut guy. Do a little dance. Do a little dance. So here's what I want to talk about. You are changing the world, but it's hard to get. It's not me. The science is changing the world. Okay. I just have you. You can be. It can be both. So it's hard to get your head around changing the world. You changed my life 
And so let's talk about that for a minute as maybe a window into how this work is going to create change in the world. Okay. So 2016, I am at the top of the wrong ladder in corporate America. I am working 24 seven. I live in Switzerland. I am one miserable, unhappy son of a gun whose wife has just told him in no uncertain terms that I better change something or she'll have to. And so I come back to Colorado and I have lived my entire life through the lens of super high achieving, try to be the smartest guy in the room, work really hard, and just everything looks like a nail when you're a hammer. And so that's who I'm going to be. And I get this idea called contact mapping. I realize that this is not an idea. This is like destiny and it has to happen. And I have no idea what to do. And so my first phone call is my dad because we created this thing together and it was his idea that I just stole. And number two, second phone call is JW Wilson because I knew I had to figure out if I could really do this and if I could go and take this journey. And so you don't need to speak. You can speak as much to my specifics as you want to, but we all have a story like that in some way of having run the same play over and over again. And it carries us to a certain point. And all of a sudden we realize that there is a major, major ceiling on our way of being and doing in the world that has to change. Yeah. And this is in a way it's painful. Here's what happens. Do you know why you don't get what you want in life? No, if I did, I would stop doing it. Right. Well, the reason is, is because the existing structures in your brain, are literally de- dictating your failure, yeah, I but which that. we're not aware of. So the only way to change your life is to change your brain and the structures within it. And most of our systems don't do that. So when you and I were talking, what I could just see was, yeah, you were very successful in your world, weren't you? Very. Were you very happy? Not at the end. Not exactly. by a long shot. <laughs> and that's what happens to a lot of us, right? I was really happy until I was really unhappy. Right. Yeah, we think the money will make us happy. We'll think all these things outside of us will make us happy. And what, what I found was with the educational, this is really interesting. <clears throat> when you're about seven years old, you've got 15,000 connections per neuron in your brain. That means when you walk out into the world, you're literally, I'm not kidding, you're literally like a sponge. You literally become that world. So if you grow up in violent environments, you become violent. You grow up in peaceful environments, you become peaceful. So you become up in a in a in a um, Polish environment. You become Polish. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. you, you, you grow up in Costa Rica and you become Costa Rican. Yeah, it's literally. And so what happens is you're born with fifteen thousand connections, but as you grow, those connections are pruned out, and you only have five thousand as that adult. So by the time we get to be twenty three or twenty four, these five thousand neurons are thick, gooey stuff like cheddar cheese that represent our history. And they're directing us all the time. It's not who we are. So if you had a wonky father or a goofy mother, or you didn't get what you needed from the educational system, you know, basic. Check. Check. <laughs> He's sitting right there. <laughs> That's the goofy father. That's great. So, 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 so. And it went right by me. I go, oh. <laughs> Nice job, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, we have 45 seconds. Okay, all right. So anyway, our history becomes our present and we don't know it. We don't know how to change it. And the systems we're using to change our present aren't working. Next section, we'll get into how to make it work for you. Yeah. And here's the piece that blew my mind in what I've learned from you is that there's a very physical piece to this that is changeable, but it's, it is literally hardwired. So that's what we're going to talk about after the break is how to rewire your brain in a physical way to get more of what you want out of life. We're talking to J.W. Wilson, founder of The Learning Code, incredible human being, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you. Come here real quick, Dan. Get in here for a second. Hey, hey, hey. I think you got to do it. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Segment. Yeah. Dan, get in here. here. Get in here. All right, this is the best. This This is so exciting. They just got, they just fired me. We just, (laughs) we just finally. (laughs) They said, they said, you are contributing nothing to this show. Get out of here. I swear that was the message I just got. And they brought in a bald guy. 
this is this is the first time I have ever been the tallest person in any video I've ever done, and this this is like a monumental day for me. Uh, Denise Chanel and Dominic are both on here, just dropping love and wisdom, and so love you guys so much. Brian Baum's watching. We are having a ball. This is so cool. So we're gonna come back at twenty seven instead. So we'll go one extra minute on to what we're doing here. So does that right? Yeah, we're going to come back or 28. Sorry. So we're going to come. We're going to add an extra two minutes to the whole thing. We're just figuring it out. Hey, here. How are you, Dan? I love, I love that line. If you got a wonky dad, he's sitting right next to you. Just, just smiling. <laughs> hey, um, uh, I wanted you to sign this for one of our coach to his coach. We gave her this for being Bobby. chief of staff of the Explorer. Uh, I'd love to. Nice. Yeah. So, and I told her I'd make it extra special and get it. I will, out. sure. And there, we yeah. there we go. All right, we're getting ready to come back here in one second. <clears throat> Tom Shrunk lost his hair. And we are back, and we have great news for you if you are on listening to us on the radio. We finally got rid of Tom Chenault because, lo and behold, Dan Gibbons, who is the founder of Convergent Seminars, who we were talking about before he walked into the room, just showed up and walked into the office. And so we brought him into the conversation here. So we've got Dan Gibbons, founder of Convergent uh, Seminars. We've got J.W. Wilson. And just before the break, we were talking about how this metaphor of, of the cheese of your brain, that your brain gets hardwired in these certain patterns and it becomes almost impossible from a, in a metaphysical sense for you to get out of these patterns because your brain is just going a certain way, right? Yeah, it's like anything else. You know, you take a marble and you, and you put it on a ramp and it's going down, gravity is going to pull it down. Same thing happens to you. You put the wrong friggin' information into your head and you're like a marble. It's going to pull you down if it's not right. And what the problem is, yeah, we learn the capitals of the countries and we we learn some geometric stuff about, you know, geometry or, you know, we learn that stuff in school. But do you know what a lot of experts believe? What percentage of all the stuff you memorize in your life you remember? Yes. Two percent? Somewhere between two and five percent. Uh-huh. Memorization really causes, has anybody here watching this ever taken a tra- test when they weren't stressed? I guess not. <laughs> you know, few maybe, maybe one or two, but very few. Why? Because what's important, the information on the test or passing the test? Passing the test. Yeah. So what do we do? Pass the test. Mm-hmm. What does our biology go? Oh, we passed the test. Let's dump that stuff. Yeah. Literally, that's what it does. Yep. And so when the test becomes the objective, it, it basically pushes meaning out of the way. So if the, inform- the only things we remember in our life, what do you remember? Your first kiss or your last history class? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I think it was chemistry, my last chemistry class. You know, you know. Were- <laughs> <laughs> well, well, a kiss is chemistry. Yes, that's right. it. That, that's right. True. So what, what happens is, you remember the things that are meaningful to you, not the stuff that isn't. And think about your educational career, how much was meaningful. Yeah. So, and that's what's happening. You go out in the world. We have these, I started this other section that we talked earlier. You have 15,000 con- connections per neuron by the time you're seven. You've only got 5,000. What's been pruned into your brain is cheddar cheese of everything that happened before. And now you want to go out and take over the world, but you got to take it over with the cheese that's in your head that may not be as supportive as it needs to be. And this is why what Dan does at Convergence, it helps you basically melt your cheese so you can import new cheese. And that's really what the learning code does. And that's why the three three of us are here between contact mapping, Convergence, and the Learning Code Institute. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're not just trying to help ourselves. I don't think anybody sitting here is, and Tom either, who is not sitting here anymore. He's be <laughs> weeping in the corner. <laughs> but he wants to see. He's yeah. rocking back and forth yeah. uh, in the corner. Yeah. But but really the reason we're asking I have to say we act acting like laughing by baboons up here a lot of times is because we're so happy because we're able to do what's meaningful in our lives. Because we know what's meaningful in our lives. And one of the most important things we think you can get from the learning code or cracking the learning code the book is and our website is help you discover what's meaningful to you at a deep level so you can get more of it. And if you don't know what's really meaningful to you, you may think it's money, but it's not money. 
It's what the money would buy you. And if you if so, let me just walk through this a second. Dan, why is money important to you? Uh, for to give me the liberty I want, you know, to be able to do what I want to do when okay. I want to do it. So he went right there to freedom. Oh, oh okay. Most people, no, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, most. why do you want money? I want to have a big house. Well, why do you want a big house? Well, because I got a big family. And, um, and then, and then what is your family going to get when you get the big house? Yeah. Well, we'll be more together. <clears throat> and then what will happen? Well, then we'll be able to love each other more. Mm-hmm. So what you're really telling me is, you want a big house because you want more love. Yeah. So we don't do that. We think, oh, I get the right car. I got friends of mine that got Mercedes and Ferraris and all, and they're miserable. Yeah. They got all the stuff. They got all, but because they didn't get what was meaningful to them, they got the toys, but not the joy. Yeah. Now, what can happen when you get buy a toy, you know, or a new car, a new house? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm happy. You get a blast of dopamine, makes you feel good, but basically. After you've had it for a while, think about all the stuff that you were happy about when you first got. And what happens is the receptor sites are go, oh, we're happy, we're happy. After a while, they habituate and go back into the neuronal wall and they don't fire anymore. Mm-hmm. So you drive, oh, I'm still driving an old Tesla, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or an old Volvo or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So because we don't understand the mechanisms, we run around chasing things that don't really give you what you were talking about was fulfillment and love. Mm-hmm. You know, and so because we're not taking the time to do this kind of stuff with our program, what we talk about is above the line and below the line. Mm -hmm. What we talk about in corporate training and in um, I used to run a corporate training company and in education. Basically, what we talk about is below the line. Here's the curriculum. Here's what you memorize. Here's the test taking here. The tech. That's all what we call below the line. Above the line is your mindset before you do anything below the line. If your mind isn't set in the correct way with the correct structures, before you start to do all the stuff below the line, you just can't do it. You start, you get excited, you go to Tony Robbins, you go to all these seminars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stand on your chair, you light yourself on fire, and then you go home and go three weeks later, what happened? It's gone. It's gone because that standing on your chair screaming didn't change your neural structures so you could change your life. That's huge. And and how often have we, you know, we were talking to a lot of folks that are go to conventions and they go to events and they are investing in their personal development. They're investing in these things. And that's a fantastic thing. However, if you're not doing the underlying work to make that, to get that into your being, then it's only ever going to be a hit. Yeah. Well, you would hit. say being, I'd say your biology. Yeah. Literally what you're doing in the world every day is affecting your the people that are watching this right now. This is meaningful to you. Your blood pressure went up higher than it was when you first turned this on. Your eyes are dilating differently, only if it's meaningful to you. Your breath rate is changing. Your heart rate is changing. Literally, your physiology changes when you run into something that's meaningful to you. And when that happens, you want to follow that. Yeah. Dan, Absolutely. you've you've devoted your life to helping people to transform. And you have said to me privately that meeting JW, seeing this work has felt like a major puzzle piece really snapping into place for you and your work. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. And so much so that there's two books here now. Because <laughs> I, I, I brought one in for JW to sign. That's why I'm down here. I heard JW was here. Like, oh, I got a I gave uh, one of his books to a friend of mine as a gift. And uh, so, uh, so yes, this um, couldn't put it down when I got it. And uh, yes, it, it, it just uh, did a great job of explaining a lot of things that uh, I've been doing for the last 30 years. And um, I think, uh, JW, one of the things that I discovered also, it's, it's often uh, the things that... Um, we're unconscious of that trip us up, yeah. you know, cause so, you know, cause you often talk about, you know, how much information is there about dieting? How much information is there about making money and things like that? And, and it's, it's the unconscious things that are really buried, you know, from uh, childhood experiences or whatever. It, it's those unconscious ones until we become aware of and, and, and have that awareness so that we could make some new choices. Right. And, and this is, I think, why why Dan and, <clears throat> and Adrian and I get along so well. Convergence 
it basically is melting the old cheese. It's literally taking that. All of us have been in the world have been affected by our environments. Some of us much more dramatically and traumatically than others, but we're all affected by it. Mm -hmm. And so what, what convergence does, it takes, and this is why we're so excited about working with you guys and why we're working together to implant even more of the science into what we're doing at convergence. I mean, you guys are knocking it out of the park anyway. We're just helping you really explain it because mm -hmm. they're doing a great job just with what they're doing anyhow. I mean, people, you go to this convergence thing and people transform overnight. I mean, it's beautiful. That's because you figured out a way to melt their cheese and you figured out a way to help them import new cheese. So now they can almost in a way start their lives over to get what they've always really wanted that they didn't know they wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so so there are processes to, to make this happen. The problem is. You guys understand it. Mm -hmm. You guys understood it kind of intuitively because of what came down from all the other courses that were similar. But it, the reason it worked and the reason is still whether it's Est or whether it's, you know, landmark form. The reason it stuck was because it, it works at some level. Yeah. yeah. All we're doing together is making it work even better so that we can apply the science in to explain people so they can understand what's happening in their brains when they're going through convergence yeah. and contact mapping. So contact mapping also helps. There's a thing called your parietal lobe, which is here behind your ear. And what it does is it helps you put things in time and space to figure out where you need to move in the world. And that's really what contact mapping helps with. Yeah. So there's a lot of symbiotic relationships between what we're doing here. But the bottom line is, if you can't, how do I say this? If you can't understand what's meaningful to you at a deep level, you can never get it. Yeah. And this is why you and I have hit it off as well. Um, going back to one of my most influential mentors was Bob Proctor. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Bob read Think and Grow Rich thousands of times or whatever. And and uh, this you often say it in the book, uh, JW, that information is not going to transform you. And I read, I'll never forget one time I was with Bob and, and uh, somebody talked to him about, I've read Think and Grow Rich once, you know, and, and, and Bob said, where is it now? And the guy said, well, it's on my bookshelf. And he said, yeah, that's the problem. It's up there on your bookshelf. It's not in here. Yeah, that's you know? right. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's what, what we do is, is so, so, bring it from here right, to here. Right. And so what we did with that same thing, mm -hmm. so we don't just have a book. We also are building about 30 uh, online programs that are designed to change your neurological structures. Some people believe this online platform will completely transform how we do online learning on the web. Um, and let me explain a little bit. There's a thing called neural knockout. And that is <clears throat> you go to a webinar, right, or a seminar, and literally you turn it off. And if I ask you two days later, what do you remember? Yeah. You remember one or two things, but you sat there for an hour and there were 30 things. Why do you only remember two? Yeah. Well, you remember two because of what is called neural knockout in, in our world. What happens is working memory can only hold so much information. It's yeah. in front of your temple. Yeah. And after about seven minutes of stand and deliver information, the working memory literally fills that up. And if you don't stop delivering the information then and let it be integrated into long-term memory, the next information that comes out knocks it out of working memory. And then it tries to implant new and the brain's already lost it. It's already gone. Okay. So let's pick that back up on the other side of the break. We okay. got one last break to take here. And that's a perfect dovetail because I want to talk about the online. We'll be back right after this. Uh you were on a roll, baby. I didn't <laughs> want to stop the train, but I had to. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to do 30 seconds and then we'll be back on here for the final segment. Yeah, it's making me think we ought to do some sort of thing together like this. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to figure it to some universal audience in certain cities. Yeah. There we go. Because uh, I'm just learning more from Lorenzo. Yeah. So. Really cool. All right. We're going to come back here in five seconds. 
And we're back. Final segment on the Legacy Leadership Show. This is Adrian Chenault, and we're here with J.W. Wilson, founder of the Learning Code Institute, along with Dan Gibbons, founder of Convergent Seminars. And before the break, you, you had just started mentioning that you have created an online learning platform and, and some of what's going on there. But I, I want to back up just a little bit because you were telling me before the show that you are doing something really interesting, which is that there are so everyone is beating down your door to go and implement this work. You could have chosen literally any arena in the world to take this into first. And the arena you chose is the homeschooling community. And I think that's fascinating that you would choose to go there first. And I know how intentional you are. What was it about that community that made so much sense to go and serve there first, JW? Well, I'm going to blow up my intentional thing a bit. What we were really going to do is, we, almost uh, a year ago, we built everything and we were ready to launch and COVID came and they closed the schools. Yeah. Our first one wasn't cracking the learning code for homeschool parents. And the truth is anybody that's a parent is a homeschool parent. Yeah. So this is really for anybody that's a parent. But basically what happens is, um, so we were doing cracking the learning code for teachers, how to use neuroscience to be the best teacher in the world. And so we had the whole thing built and then COVID came. And then we had to rebuild the whole system. And here's why. The teacher's brain and what they want from the child is different than the parent's brain. So we had to redesign the system to fit the parent's brain. Now, the teacher wants to definitely, 90% of teachers are there for the children, right? No matter what, or 99 or 100%. So, but what happens is the systems they're using are really hard. I got to get them to pass. I got to get them to the next. They're really trying to get them to the next grade. You know, and that's their main job without with low failure. And so what we found was that when COVID came, we had a system that could help them do that. But it was only one thing. So when we moved to parents, they had two other elements they wanted. They not only wanted their child to learn quickly, but when you're homeschooling someone, you're trying to tell your kid, do this, do that, do that. Basically, it can cause friction between parent and child. We we have friction with our own parents because they're hurry up, get this done. You know, that kind of stuff is gone. Yeah. So what we decided, well, we needed an element to increase the bond and the love between the parent and the child. Ah. So it was more joyful. And then a third thing came up. And then we thought, God, we got all this information about how to, how to help people, your child learn. It's the same way you help anybody learn or transform their behaviors. So what we decided to do was put an element in for the parents where they could take that knowledge and use it in their lives, their businesses, and their world to make more money, to get more joy, to get more love or whatever if they wanted. So um, that the parent was now not only connected deeply with the child, but this was a benefit to the parent themselves to change their lives. And, and then we, met, we, we ran into a good friend of mine, John McGregor, um, who works with Robert Kiyosaki, he's an advisor to him, introduced me to Claremont University, uh, a, a lady named DeLacy, um, who runs the, the, the education department, Seashell the book, and she said, we'd like to turn this into an online certificate course. So when you finish our course, you can get a certificate from Claremont University in the no neurobiology kidding. of learning, yeah, that you can use in your life anywhere. Wow. Yeah, it's, and this is, I mean, this is... This is very disruptive stuff. So you mean to tell me all these years ago, I applied to Claremont. I didn't get in and I can just take your freaking course <laughs> and have a piece of paper that says Claremont. That's going on. <laughs> Did this, you not get in? Come on. I, I didn't. Okay. I wouldn't have gotten in. I knew better than to bother. <laughs> That's a great oh, school. It's a lot incredible. of people call it the Yale of the West. So yeah. it's, it's a great. Oh, they are. They are amazing. Yeah. And to have to, to, they don't put their name on anything. You That's, that is a huge huge deal. And I, I just, I love the heart behind that. I love that all of this is about what is meaningful. So if you're building a network marketing business and you're not getting what you want, what is it that's really meaningful? What do you want? What, what is Why the, are you uh, doing the core of what you really want? And how do you tap deeper into that? That's going to help you to move forward. And there's a chapter in the book called the meaning network. <clears throat> and if you read those in Again, they're like probably, you know, 100 pages, but you only have to read probably 10 of each chapter. Um, so, you know, probably 15 or 20 pages. It's going to have you look at meaning and what you're doing in your life a little differently. Yeah. And so that you can make those changes that allow you to manipulate yourself within the environment more effectively. Yeah. yeah. So 
you know, you were going on. So the other thing that we did with the online program, it's not an hour of blah, 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 blah. We take about some of our, our modules are information modules. They may be 10 to 15 minutes long, but mainly we're about seven to about 12 minutes long. Um, about twice a week, we give you some information, not information, uh, that you can do with your child in the real world. Yeah. But, but it only takes three to seven minutes a day. So it doesn't become overwhelming. Yeah. And so all you have to do is we give you these little bits of information. And it's basically how you change the world a little bit at a time. It's also how you change the brain. So what we do is we give little bits of information that you physically, you literally do with your child in the real world. It literally not only changes their structures, it changes your structures. It helps them be more powerful to get what they want in their life and discover what they want in their life. And it increases the bond between the parent and the child. That is so, so cool. JW, thank you so much for being here today. For those of you who are watching and listening, we've had it up on the screen, but I want to make sure for our friends on the radio, you you have to go to the learningcode.com right now. You have to go. You, I, 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 I just, I, I can't say it any other way because it's that powerful. And I, I couldn't put a stronger stamp of approval on this. So make sure you go and do that. Go and check out what they're doing. Get the book and go and check it out. And last thing I'll say, credit where credit is due. The man not in the studio this second is the man who put this all together. All of us together. All of us together. That is a way of being. That is it. That is an embodiment of all of this connectedness that JW is talking about. So Tom Chenault, we love you. You the man. We'll be back next week on the Legacy Leadership Show. Thanks for listening. Thank all of you guys for being here. All right, let's stick around for a second. This is the after show. We're still live on Facebook. We're off the radio, and this is just awesome. I love you guys. Dan, thanks for jumping in. No yeah. worries. No worries. And uh, cool. The uh, the king of relationship and contact mapping here. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's, that's what it's all about, and it feels, it. it feels good, and it is that's what's meaningful to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Love you all. Thanks for watching. And listen, thank you guys very, very, very much. And what I'd like to do is just ask everybody that's watching now, think about your own life and has the strategies that you've been using in your own life giving you what you want. If not, you got contact mapping right here. You got convergence and you got the Learning Code Institute. And literally the reason we're having talking to you at the level we're talking is because we care. Indeed. You know, and, and the other thing I suggest is that you find other people in your world that aren't happy with their lives and you come together to figure out how to change your lives as a group. And we're here to support you the best ways that we can. Amen. Thank you. See you all next week. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're not done yet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here he comes. <laughs> all, right, he comes. all right. Let's talk there about me for a while. <laughs> you guys, I know that was the show, but this is the show. I yeah. mean, you take a look at what everyone, look at me. I barely got out of Littleton High School. And I got to be around three geniuses like this who didn't have the brains to figure out how to eat, meet each other. And this one was the result of, never mind. <laughs> These two, you know, just, no, no, no. And you just think about it. You know, what you're always trying to do is make one plus one equal 4,000. And that's all you do. Who can you connect that's going to make the world a better place? If you have that's that right. as your mission in life, everything changes for the better. Christina's, uh, Christina and Karen and all of you people that Lorenzo and Nima, you guys know Nima, you know who Nima is? Nima. Oh, I know hey, Nima. How you doing, buddy? A Rhodes Scholar, four degrees in literature, absolutely wow. miserable <laughs> in his life after with all those degrees because who he was wasn't that. And now he has fired his brain, he's hired his heart, and he's a human being of unbelievable intellect whose brain is smaller than his heart. And it's the cutest thing you've ever seen because he's finally got meaning because God's so great. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what it, it's, it sounds so simple. Everybody watching. Oh, I just got to find out what's meaningful in your life. But once you can hit it, the, this is this. I go into the spiritual. I did a whole chapter. There's a part of your brain here in the, in, in, in your right above where your third eye is. It's called your ventral mental prefrontal cortex. And this is when you're doing spiritual things, it fires. 
And when you're able to find work, and this is like this guy, he's like a preacher, right? Because what he's like a preacher because it's fired that part of his brain, what he's doing. He's having fun all the time. He's excited all the time, but something else is happening. And I took this, even though this thing was big, I had to take the whole chapter out about quantum physics because your brain works on quantum principles. Um, can I riff here, or do I need to? You're riffing. That's okay. what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. I, okay. I, I don't know where I am. Right? No, no, we're live. We're, we're live, okay. and this is the best part of the show because you can cuss. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 what happened? So, I just, I just lost my train of thought. Was quantum, I quantum, quantum? Okay. Quantum, yeah. So, what happened? Yeah. Here. What happens is, normally, Newton said, force creates change. So we built a whole world on mechanistic force, power, creates change. That's what Putin's doing. Mm -hmm. That's what really everybody's doing. More power, you know, more change. Well, nah, that's what Newton said, right? All of a sudden, uh, excuse me, Einstein comes around. And Einstein says, that's not quite right. What he's saying, what happens is, <coughs> Newton was saying mass attracts mass. The more mass you have, the more attraction. Right. And so there's another thing he said. So if I'm a big guy like you, the reason you get a lot of people come, the more mass you have, the more people it's happening to us with a learning code and convergence. You grow the mass grows if you do things right. Right. So what Newton was saying was that mass was it was being attracted because of the mass itself was pulling the attraction. What Einstein said was something very different. What he said was. Now this I'm just like this beautiful. Uh, nobody can see this. Yeah, they can. Just hold it up. It'll focus. It will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you got a if you've got a ball and you put it, it imagine that that the that's a there's a planet in the middle and the universe is around it. Basically, what makes the planets go around the sun is the sun is so heavy it warps the universe. It's literally warping the universe. So imagine you've got a huge ball. All four of us take a, a sheet and we hold on to it, two, two ends of it. We throw a bowling ball in the middle. What happens to the sheet? Thanks. That's, that's mass. It's warping that sheet. It's the same thing that mass does to the universe. So what we found was basically when what you were doing, when you got enough mass, you were really literally warping the universe. So you were changing it. And really, that's what the four of us are trying to do. Converging kind of psychologically, you helping people financially, you helping people connect to one another, and else, us helping with the science. Literally, we're in the business of warping the universe, because when you do that, you change the universe. And at the quantum level, this is really important to happen. And because we don't understand it, what we've done now is we've gone into a place where we've decided to, because we don't recognize human humans are 99.9% .9 the same. Our skin may be a little different. Do you know why? Do you know why a black person has black skin and you have white skin? Probably pigmentation or a gene or something. It, it, it's pigmentation, but why do you know why you're white and some other guy might be black? Not clear. Simple because what is what is the body always in the brain always trying to do? It's trying to adapt to the environment it's in. If you grew up in Africa and you were white, a little white baby, you'd have fried by the time you were two and you'd be dead. <laughs> Seriously. So what? But you need vitamin D. And you grew up in Ireland like I did. It's like you come out pasty white. Exactly right. You know? And that's me, too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right, because you needed more sun. You guys had less time in the sun. So we needed to make you white so you could get more more sun, more vitamin D. They, need to, they were getting too, the black people were getting too much in Africa. So we got to give them a more darker skin. So we're going to hate one another because of the universe or God decided that you live in freaking Norway and you live in Uganda. I mean, it's crazy. So what we've done is because we don't understand the, the mechanisms of how our brain works, we've gone against one another. What we've tried to do is control through power yeah. instead of control through through cooperation and understanding that we're all the same. The DNA in everybody watching this right now, 99.9% .9 of every element of your DNA, I won't go into there's, you've got about almost 3 billion what they call base pairs on your DNA. Literally, 
all of our base pairs, all the mechanisms are the same, no matter what your color, what your nationality, we are all just humans. And what makes us be different colored or different, you know, nose flare or anything like that, it's just the environment we grew up in. It has nothing to do with who we really are as humans. We're just humans who adapted to the world that we were in so we could better survive. And then what we've decided to do is go judge somebody. Oh, you're a Croat, so I got better shoot you. I'm a Serb. Or, you know, I'm a Sunni and you're a Shia. I better shoot you too. So what we've done is, because really our systems have separated us, we don't see that we're all the same. We see that we're separate. So what have we done for six million years? Try to kill each other so we can be on the top. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It'll never work because that's not, biology is made so we all harmonize, not so we all kill each other. Yeah. And it'll eventually happen. We'll either wipe out half of the world or three quarters of it. We'll blow each other up and we'll start over again. But the way we're doing it now will never work from a biological standpoint. The minute you come from ego, you limit your ability to see reality. So if you come to Longmont, Colorado, we've got a building here called the Contact Mapping Network Academy. And these guys are hanging on down here. They're always hanging around. And you'll see me sitting there listening to them with my face planted in a bowl of cream of wheat because I dozed <laughs> off. Because this is the way they talk the whole time. And it is unbelievable because they're ripping. Look, Denise is just about to say that. No, she's not. But the fact of the matter is, these guys think at a level that you want. You know, I'll never forget. Where's, where's JW? Over here. So JW, because I'm on the camera, I can't figure out who's <laughs> where. So here, I should just look at you. So anyway, the uh, the beautiful thing about it is JW gave me power versus force many years ago, remember? Mm -hmm. And you said, you read this book. And finally, I found myself in a book called The Surrender Experiment. When I finally gave everything to God of my understanding and stood back and said, you know what? I'm not running this show anymore. I'm just showing up and let God drive the bus. And that's when these guys... That's when this whole thing started to evolve because we were in the right place in love. Instead of playing God, we let God and everything changed for us, didn't it, JW? It did. In every area of our life. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I am happy to know now with that uh, sun collapsing the universe, I now understand what Tom's PhD thesis was on. What was it? Uh, the sun that, collapsed in the universe. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what I wrote, that's what I wrote my PhD about. <laughs> well, I just want to say something else I didn't say in the last segment. You were talking about education. So um, I flunked the second grade because my brain didn't fit the school system. Yeah. I flunked mm -hmm. the second grade. I flunked the uh, sixth grade. And I was in military school getting my ass whipped by an open coat hanger for about three years. <laughs> From Libra because I couldn't follow better. Yeah, because I couldn't follow the system. <laughs> but there's a lot of people watching this that didn't fit the system, or even worse, <clears throat> that did. The research on valedictorians is not as pretty as you would think it is. So you would think if you're the valedictorian, your life is going to be great. Well, it is. You get hired really quick into a really good job. But the joy, the happiness, the fulfillment of valedictorians is really low. Why? Because you're the valedictorian because your brain fit the school system. You were good at memorizing. You were good at writing. You know, usually the SAT scores are very similar, you know, 400, 400, 600, 600, whatever it is on math and verbal. It's very similar structures. Yeah. Um, broke a Warnicke area on the left side of your brain. And so their brain fit the system. We estimate that almost 90 percent of teachers have a left temporal broca Warnicke dominance. We, we estimate that 90% of students don't. So you've got an incredible mismatch right away. And teachers are trying to teach the students is the way they learn. And, and the, the children aren't learning because they don't learn that way. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd much rather have a PhD from the University of Adversity. Uh, like, like Tom and I have. I got um, one of those too. You know, so. And, and so those are some of the most successful people I know are the ones with the PhDs from the University of Adversity. Uh, pretty, pretty expensive tuition too. Yeah. So here's the deal. Before you guys don't leave. I came down here after the show because they kicked me off the regular show. But this is the most important part of this show. Tomorrow's the birthday of JW's son. Oh, Jake. And opium... Opioid, opioid abuse 
overdose, all this stuff is so close to our hearts. And we just lost a really good friend, Robert White, his son just overdosed and died. And it is horrible. And the whole problem with mental health, the whole opioid epidemic is something that we, you guys know me. I don't know if you know how serious these guys are about it, but it's like the main thing. And we're not going to let these people die. We're going to lock our arms together because JW lost his son and that little boy's birthday, my godson, is tomorrow. So talk about that a little bit, JW, because it is of epic importance. And I hijacked you with it, but I, I wanted to. You asshole. I know. <laughs> I know. So, so I'm, I am so good at blocking out the pain that I feel from my son overdosing that I had forgotten tomorrow's his birthday. <laughs> That's how powerful our cheese is, right? Uh, I don't know how much I should go into this, guys. But go into it. I, I used to drink. Both my parents died from uh, drug addiction and alcoholism. Um, my son did. Um, and I drank a fifth of whiskey a day until really almost into my 50s, on and off. And um, it's part of our genetic makeup. I won't go into why, but it's not necessarily our fault. It's our genetic makeup that demands it. And we don't, because we don't understand it, we beat people up and we punish them to try to get them to stop and it'll never work. So really what happened to, to me was, um, what do you want me to talk about? Just how serious it is and how parents are losing kids and oh, God, it's bad like, shit. Yeah, and it's, and, yeah, you know, we have, a, I think it would be good if anybody watching this has somebody in their family or world that's addicted and you're blaming them. I produced a video called Cracking the Addiction Code on YouTube. I did it because all these, I used to run a, I helped run the country's only holistic treatment center accredited by the Joint Hospital Commission. Um, and we used yoga, meditation, mindfulness to treat it. And what, what I found was that if we're not able to really understand what addiction is, we go into blame. Addiction is the, initially at the very beginning, a biological change within us that helped the species survive, believe it or not. What <clears throat> happens is that this, there's five different dopamine receptor sites. I don't want to get too deep, but one of them helps us find things that are meaningful to us in the environment. And what is meaningful to us? To survive, the sweeter it is, the more energy we have. So we're designed to look for that sweet stuff. We'd all rather eat sweet stuff than, you know, than, you know, uh, you know, just a piece of meat, right? Yeah. So, so it was, we got to make our diet much more diverse. We got much more energy. So it was wired into us. The problem is some of us got more of that wired in than others. So we'd go out and look for the sweet fruit so we could bring it back to the tribe and share it. <laughs> Those of us that got it, and in a way, sweet fruit is money. Sweet fruit is contact mapping. In a way, we're doing the same stuff, Right. So, but what happens is when that is your brain plan and you stimulate it with alcohol, if you can stimulate it with meaning, fine. But if you stimulate it with alcohol, we call it a hijack. Alcohol stimulates it and drugs stimulate so much quicker than meaning that you can just screw the meaning. I'm just going to drink because I can get my chemistry and feel a certain way with it. And it may work for a month, a week, a year, 10 years, 15 years. I mean, I ran a lot of businesses full of whiskey and nobody knew it but me. And I was a big pain at the time and just didn't know it. But anyway, so what happens is you can get away with it for a while, but then it starts to crash. And so what's more, what we really need to do is one, understand what is addiction, stop blaming people and develop systems that change their neurobiology so they can have joy in their life. And anybody that's watching now, I can tell you right now, you know, Tom really, Tom's rescued me more times than I want to admit, you know? And because I was in real trouble. I was a big time alcoholic, guys, in between there. And um, Tom really helped me. He rescued me a lot and I'm so grateful, but the, but, if anybody out there has anybody that has somebody in their life that has addiction, I really would like you to watch Cracking the Addiction Code on YouTube. It's in the comments. With Frank Lopez put it up. Oh, thank you. I think it'll really help. And Shirley Ann Horvath, I'll never forget that night you called me when you lost your daughter. And uh, 
this is so serious and so scary. And as a parent, you're so, you're just so powerless. And we can fix it. Yeah. We can. We, all we have to do is have the knowledge what it is, and then we can develop systems to transform things. But we can't. And the reason AA works wonderfully, but only about five percent of people stick. <clears throat> right. Well, what I would like to do eventually is, and we are, we're developing and cracking the addiction code, an online program that slowly changes your structures around drugs and alcohol. It may take us another year or two. We got to do school. We got to do marketing, some other. There's a lot of work gonna, to do. We're, we, do. we do have a lot of work, yeah. but we'll get there. We're yeah. going to do it. Amazing. Yeah. So I didn't want to end this thing on a buzzkill, but it, like Denise said, it's the most important part of this show for us. Yeah. And it is what gets us out of bed when other stuff tells us we can sleep a couple more hours. There is so much work to do because there is so much unbelievable uncertainty on this planet. And pain. Pain with Russia and mental health. And one of the, in fact, I can't believe I didn't send this to all of you guys. Uh, there's a real big influencer on TikTok right now, graduate valedictorian of his high school class. Then he, then he went to Berkeley, graduated in three years. Then he went to Harvard Business School, became a lawyer, 24, making a quarter of a million dollars a year, 27, burned out completely, and has dedicated his life to telling parents to stop putting so much pressure on their kids because oh. you're killing them. Those grades are not, the kid said, I miss my life. In fact, he said, don't take this personally, Adrian, but he said <laughs> he thinks it actually stunted his growth. So it they, can. I know. It can. I know. Well. So Adrian is now going to blame me. So that is hysterical because I said, if you're going to be, no, it was. If my parents hadn't have been drunk, I'd be 6'5. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> question. So Adrian, in fact, Courtney was talking. I have about, a new, this is great. I have a new victim story. Yeah. To carry out in the I'm world. sure. Perfect. I'm sure. Thank you. It's a gift. So, so Adrian put this pressure on himself. I, in fact, I just got in trouble with Adrian's wife on Saturday because Courtney, our daughter, said, oh, shit, my dad never made me go to school. I was getting good grades. He said, you're getting good grades. You don't need to go to school, Courtney. Don't worry about it. And so Adrian's wife heard that and was just about shot me when I got to the house. But it was a true story. Uh, you know, I these kids. Well, the, yeah, Adrian was like, off the chart, but you know, <laughs> it, 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 it affected you. Yes. That standard that you had for yourself affected you, didn't it? <laughs> Explain yeah. that. <laughs> How did it affect I, you? That's a long story, but well, make it short. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I came up in a, in an uncertain enough environment that I, the way I think I responded to that is to create structure and ways to achieve around me and i was very i was i had a, i was smart my brain fit the system yes and so that i i could crush it in that arena and so that's what i did and it and i got kudos and i got i got the things i wanted and that was what took me on that journey to ultimately being miserable of unhappy because i just i i was like man i you know i can just you know, people put the hoop out and I jump through that hoop and then they give yeah, me money the or they jump through that thing, Jump through that. They literally trained you how to yeah. be Pavlov's dog. Yeah, yeah. And I was really <laughs> good at it. I was the Pavlov's best dog. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll give you an example with my own son, which these guys know. Uh, which one, Blaine? Uh, Vincent. Yes. Vincent, you know, um, he put so much pressure on himself and, and, you know, through learning these things and everything. I used to always say to him, you know, People ask you what you want to be when you grow up, Vincent. Just tell me you want to be a good person, you know. And and he got accepted into School of Mines, and he ended up going to Colorado Christian University. He thought I was going to be mad at him, you know, that he took uh, Colorado Christian. I said, oh, no, not at all. I said, Mines, he, he would have been under so much pressure at Mines yeah. and so stressed out. And he he's so happy now. You Is know, it? Yeah. That's, oh, that school is a much better fit for him. Uh, socially, everything, and he was the kind of kid that put extreme pressure. I, I looked through a lot of our old pictures, and there's not a lot of pictures of him in high school smiling. Yeah, you know, and and think and, about that—the yeah. greatest time of your life, yeah, and you're exactly. not smiling. And that's what I said, though. I said, Vincent, I'm so happy you're going 
to Colorado Christian, I said, you did not look like you had a good time at Cherry Creek High School. You you were a stress ball. He said, you're right, Dad. I didn't have a very good time. You have to tell him why he's a great baseball player. Oh, because of you? Because of me. He, yeah, told, was, he told the story <laughs> yeah, last call night. Last night and made you the total hero. <laughs> Listen to the story, you guys. You're gonna, you, you, I know you want to hang up because you're sick of us by now. <laughs> Because he was so boring, but I, this is exciting. <laughs> so would, here we go. Finally, I, we're getting to the good part. Yeah, I would drive <laughs> Vincent to school every day, and and I loved it. Because what he was a little tiny kid. Yeah, he was like nine or ten at this time, maybe even. Anyway, I, I loved driving him to school because I turned my attitude around about that. About I get to drive him. I don't have to drive him, and I get to spend time with them. Well, I would always be listening to Tom's radio show in the morning, and Vincent one day said, "Dad, what are you listening to?" And I said, oh, it's a friend of mine on the radio show. Don't you like it? He goes, eh, it's just a bunch of blah, 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 blah. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand any of it, right? Yeah. And he says, you know, because he wanted to change the channel. I'd always be like, no, no, I want to hear my buddy. So I was telling Tom the story. And Tom said, what time did you drop him off at school? I said, 8 o'clock. And he said, 5 to 8 tomorrow. Make sure he's listening. Make sure he's listening. Cool. So I'm driving him to school, not saying a word. And it's about 5 to 8. And Tom and his sidekick on the radio. Woody. Woody set the skit together. Woody's like, hey, Tom, I saw you at the coffee shop this morning with a couple of guys I've never seen you with before. Who were those guys? And Tom said, oh, you're not going to believe this. They were a couple of scouts, like from the New York Yankees. They're out here looking at some kid who's supposed to be some baseball phenomenon. Really? He's pretty young, and they're still looking at him. He's only like eight or nine years old, but he's that good. And, and uh, Woody's like, well, what's his name? Vincent Gibbon. And, you know, Vincent sits in the car like, huh? <laughs> and uh, they said his name a couple more times like, you serious? He's eight or nine? It, yeah, he's supposed to be the deal. Vincent Gibbon, some superstar. That's you great. remember That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Story. Still plays baseball, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he's, I think he's done. I think he's uh, done now. But, okay, uh, that's but, all yeah, right. Yeah, oh, but he had a, he had a good run. He had a good run. So, you guys, I hope this was a good show, and I hope to say a prayer for JW and for Robert White and every Shirley Ann Horvat and every parent going through the worst thing that can happen to you, mm -hmm. which is losing one of your children. Mm -hmm. And so, prayers for everybody and JW and Dan and my little boy. I love you. And that's that simple. So you guys don't thanks, kiss me. Okay? Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see y'all later. Bye bye. Bye bye everybody. That was